Good evening, Demon fans, and welcome back to the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy, and in a moment we'll be joined by former Melbourne Football Club club champion Stephen Stretch, who is also the father of current day player Billy Stretch. And after that, Great Viney and I will be dissecting the disappointing loss to the Eagles in Alice Springs, and we'll be taking your calls too. But first, Stephen Stretch. A beautiful tap on. That's excellent play to Stephen Stretch. He runs to half forward and kicks long. A beautiful long kick goal. What a great goal to Stretch. Browning packed the ball. A shocking kick straight of the arms of Stephen Stretch, who's been a fine player on the wing. Been a wonderful acquisition, Stephen Stretch, to the Melbourne side the last couple of seasons. He well, is a lot of votes in the Brownlow too. Uh, he is a top player stretch as he kicks from the 55 metre mark. It's close. I think it was cut through. A very, very good drop punt though that by stretch. It's forced through from behind. Seishold who's played an excellent game. Spalding takes it on to stretch. He bursts through the centre and puts a lovely kick down to the forward area. Touched up the hands. Williams comes through. The hand pass to Bays. He's kicked a high floating one towards the center and stretch a beautiful mark well that was just sheer ability and class took that mark tremendous oh this is bad play by the sydney swans because stephen stretches a magnificent kick of a football and that 15 meters now takes him right onto the 50 meter line he will kick this drop punt from 16 kicks he's had and as i said he is a great kick there's the drop punt a low trajectory drop punt goal Lovely goal by Stephen Stretch with the aid of a 15-metre penalty. Stretch put his second goal on the board and he's controlled that wing right throughout the game. There's Cow. A magnificent hand pass to Stretch. Stretch will kick this. Here's a very long kick from 45 metres. Stephen Stretch says, thank you very much. I'll have a goal. Our guest tonight played 164 games in the red and blue and booted 71 goals. He loved to run down the wing, could fly high for a screamer and was known to sink a a long goal or two on the run. He was a club champion in just his second season, playing an integral part in Melbourne, finally breaking its 23-year finals drought. He played state footy for South Australia and also happens to be the father of a modern-day demon. Welcome to the Demonland podcast, Stephen Stretch. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be on. Not a problem. Uh, Stephen, when you came over to the Demons in 1986, you had already had a few seasons under your belt in the Sample, effectively making you what we call today a, a mature age recruit. How did you find that transition from the Sample to the VFL? And was it made easier by your experience over in SA? I think it was, Andy. Yeah. Looking back at it now, it's... Um... I was fortunate to play three or four years in the SANFL over over here in Adelaide. So you're right, the transition was made a little bit easier. Uh, and I think at the time, um, you know, having 50 or 60 games under my belt really helped. So um, the, 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 the transition was made a lot easier because of that. And um, I think in that first season, um, which John Northey was was at the helm. Um, you know, he uh, he was uh, backed me in and uh, and played me um, most weeks. I think I think I might have got to spend a week in the seconds, but uh, he gave me a lot of game time. And that uh, I was twenty twenty two at the time. So as you said, it was like a almost like a mature age rookie. And um, I found that um, 
you know, it's never easy, I guess, at any particular stage, but it was welcomed very well by the club and the players and, and everyone at the club, and uh, the transition was uh, was quite smooth. I wouldn't say seamless, but quite smooth. <laughs> uh, your second year in the VFL saw you achieve some incredible milestones, uh, both personal and at the team level. The Dees broke a 23-year finals drought and almost mm. made the granny, uh, and you took out the Keith Bluey Truscott Trophy for club champion. Yeah. Uh, obviously a very special season on all fronts. Oh, absolutely, Jace. It was uh, it was one that uh, I sort of had to pinch myself at the end of the year. I guess you don't get involved in this sort of sport and, and this sort of religion that we play to, to win those individual accolades, but to, to certainly win the best and fairest. And I don't think I missed a game in that season. So I was very lucky, but more to the point, we, uh, we entered the finals um, as you said, for the first time in 23 or 24 years. So it was an exceptionally long season. You know, the the uh, 20 rounds we had or 18 rounds we had plus finals. Uh, we had night games at the start of the year. It was a, a very long season, but very, very rewarding. And um, it was great to see the, the Melbourne faithful. Not that I had a lot of knowledge about Melbourne at that stage. It was only my second year, but uh, to see the success um, over that year and, and what eventuated at the end of the year was just um, fantastic for the club. And I guess we're all trying to repeat that now, aren't we? Um, you know, we'd love to see see the boys get back to that sort of level, but uh, certainly uh, days that I'll never forget, and not just 1987, but, uh, you know, the years um, after that too were, were, were very good. Yep. We, uh, we spoke with Balls Gwinter a few weeks ago and got his perspective uh, of the 87 prelim- preliminary final. Uh, what are your memories of that fateful day? Well, I remember a couple of things on that particular day. I, I don't think I'd ever played at Waverley where they had 75, 78,000 uh, supporters out there. It was an amazing day. And as um, Rodney Grinter said, you know, the wind changed two or three times during that game and everything was falling our way uh, and it had for the first three quarters so uh, and then it all uh, all fell over like a house of cards at, uh, in that last quarter it was uh, you know it was the longest four or five minutes uh, of the game it felt like it um, with you know missed goals missed opportunities and, and that last 45 seconds of the play um, where um, poor old uh, Jimmy ran across the mark and and Bacanara had the eventual goal. Um, and I think I was actually standing in the goal square at the time and when the ball went through, so uh, it made it even worse. So uh, it was uh, an amazing day. And probably, I think, um, and you guys would be able to reflect on this, it's probably one of the most amazing uh, prelim finals of, uh, of all time. So uh, we were just on the wrong side of the ledger, unfortunately. Uh, the margin uh, in the following year's grand final was considerably greater. Um, did you rate us any chance going into that game against Hawthorne, or were they too good in '88 and would have demolished anyone that came in front of them? Yeah, I, I think I think that is the case. I've, you know, the, I don't have a, a lot of great memories from that particular game for for a number of reasons, but uh, they were a, a powerhouse. Uh, in the late 80s, the Hawthorne sides. Um, we, we were on a, on a um, crest of a wave coming through the, the 88 series and the latter part of that season. Um, but they we just struck one of the all-time great teams. And I think to this day, Hawthorne are still regarded 
well, the Hawthorne team of the late 80s is regarded as one of the greatest teams of all time. So um, we respected them. We did. We hated them, obviously, because they towed us up a few times. But we respected them, and uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, any team would have got near them on that day. Yep. Uh, you played with some of the greats of the Melbourne Football Club throughout your career: Robbie Flower, Jimmy Steins, Gary Lyon, Alan Jakovic. Can you tell us a bit about some of those players and who was the best of uh, that talented bunch? Well, that's a pretty easy question. Um, I think. Um, Jimmy Steins, for me, is is probably one of the greatest players I've seen. Uh, I think he revolutionised the uh, the ruckman and the landscape for ruckman from that point onwards. Um, he was, um, oh gee, he was uh, he was very durable, which is one of the greatest attributes he had. But he, but in saying that, he was skillful, um, lots of lots of courage, um, and as I said, um, you know, for a, for a big man, he had uh, fantastic endurance and. Uh, he was probably, if you had to ask me, the greatest player at Melbourne that I've ever seen. It would certainly be Jimmy Steins and and probably Sean White and Robbie Flower would be a close second. Um, having played a lot of footy with all those all those players, um, I think Sean White, uh, with his just his natural athletic ability, was able to do anything. You could probably play him anywhere. You know, you could play him in the ruck if you really had to. Uh, Chulip, for, ob- for obvious reasons, um, taught me a lot in my first year or two at Melbourne about running patterns and, and how to play the wing. Um, and then you got guys like Alan Johnson, who uh, filled that role on the wing at, at many, many times, but also held down a back pocket there later in the latter part of his career. So for me, those uh, three or four blokes uh, stick out. And um, again, very fortunate to play a lot of footy with those blokes. And I learned a hell of a lot from them. Uh, it must be hard to believe that, well, three of those that you mentioned, uh, Jimmy, Robbie and Sean, uh, no longer with us. Um, some of your closest yeah. teammates, I suppose. Yep. Very, very difficult. I, I remember um, Robbie's, uh, Robbie's funeral clearly because it was uh, uh, Billy's first official function and um, as a um, player of the Melbourne Footy Club. Um, he got... Uh, got drafted as a father-son, which uh, a number of years ago was five or six weeks before the, the actual national draft. So he took up position in Melbourne and um, that was one of the first functions. And uh, so in one sense, uh, I was elated and, and very happy that he was, you know, landed at uh, a club that he actually loves. And But, you know, very, very sad that uh, Melbourne had lost one of their um, favourite sons in Robbie. So uh, very, very sad day. But Again, it makes it all, uh, all more enjoyable that I had the opportunity not only to meet him and, and become a good friend, but also play uh, alongside him. Yep. Uh, you were coached for most of your career by John Northey, um, who moulded a, a young team um, into a group that could take it up to the likes of Carlton and Hawthorne of that era. What are your memories of Swooper uh, as a coach? Very much still a cult figure uh, among us supporters. Yeah, look, I love Swoop. Um, I still stay in touch with him uh, to this day, uh, even if it's only just a few emails. But um, you know, he he uh, he welcomed me with open arms when I first got to the club. Um, he had this uncanny ability to get the best out of his players and and get his players up for for not just you know the big games, but any game. Um, he had a um, 
uh, great ability to, to communicate on all different levels to different players, and he always found the right time to be able, you know, to be critical and and aggressive and in his in his in his presence at the club. So I I actually, I loved him, um, but you know I I played you know a lot of games. So I think if 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 you perhaps ask players that you know were on the cusp and weren't getting game, they may not have liked him as much. But I just think he was able to extract the the best. Uh, ability out of all the players that he coached and I think you know if you ask many players who played under him I think he would you know certainly be right up there with uh, with coaches that have influenced uh, many players careers and that's certainly the case with me. Uh, you were lucky enough to play in an era in an era where we still had uh, state representative football playing for South Australia how much of an honour was that call up and and do you think the AFL should bring that back at some stage? Yeah, it was a it was a very big honour. Uh, people often say to me, you know, which which are the best games or the greatest games you've played in? And uh, apart from that '87 series, the final series, the state games um, I hold um, very close to my heart. You know, I only played four or five, I think it was, and they were big games. You know, the games against Victoria at Footy Park and a couple over at the MCG we played. Uh, absolutely stick in my memory to this day and um, it would be fantastic if you know they could uh, reinvent the state footy and 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 get everyone's involvement and inclusion back into it um, a lot uh, a lot easier said than done I think yeah. but uh, I'm not sure what the um, you know what the formula is to do that but uh, it's very hard these days you know the players are getting paid you know a lot more money they've got their own responsibilities um you know we're training and, and playing with their own clubs um I'm, I'm not sure i've got the answer for you guys but uh, i'd love to see it come back and i think most people who came through the the 80s or 70s 80s and 90s would love to see that football come back again it was um hard intense you know a great rivalry rivalry which has been seen to be successful for many many years so uh, yeah it would be nice yeah uh, you spoke uh, just before about Billy coming to Melbourne um, under the father-son rule. There's actually a nomination by Adelaide, uh, which was matched by um, the Dees. Right. Yep. Obviously, you would have been happy for him to be on any AFL list, but how important was it for you and for him that um, that he uh, ended up in red and blue? Oh, look, I think, it was, I think it was very important, not not just for his his football ability. I mean, the easy decision would have been for him to, uh, or Melbourne, not to match the Adelaide Crows pick and for him to stay in Adelaide and be comfortable over here. I think more from a development perspective, I think it was a fantastic move for him. Um, admittedly, he'd only been out of school for a, for a week or two at that stage, but, you know, since he could walk and hold a footy and kick a footy you know we were taking him to the Melbourne games when we lived in Melbourne and and he was uh, he was hooked so you know for a young kid uh, you know these days just to get the opportunity to play is uh, is a great honor but you know to play for a club that you know his dad played a, a few games at and for a club that he supported all through his you know junior years I think it was uh, it was amazing and um, you know we've got a lot to thank the Melbourne Football Club for for you know picking him up I mean obviously he deserved his position, and uh, at the time, um, and uh, we were we were over the moon that he got the opportunity um, to move to Melbourne and play for the Mighty D's. Uh, I believe Billy kicked a goal with his first kick in AFL footy. Can you describe your emotions of the day, and in particular with that goal? 
Yeah, it was a it was a big day. Obviously, we had a phone call from from the footy club that he was. I think on the Tuesday or the Wednesday he was going to play. So we had, you know, we had time to get some close friends and family over there. So it would have been fifteen or twenty of us, and we were sitting up at the first level at the uh, um, at the punt road end. And yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit of a blur because we were just, again we were just happy that he was out there playing. We couldn't really believe it to be honest. And um, he came off the bench and um, I think Jeremy Hell got, got the footy and Billy was, had cut inside and he was playing on the wing and Jeremy hit him up and he was about 35, 40 metres out and all of a sudden 20 of us just stood up in our seats and we struggled to see right over the other side of the ground but we actually were able to see it on the big screen and uh, it was just an amazing feeling. So I actually wanted him to stay out on the ground but uh, as they do these days, they kick his hole and... Uh, <laughs> They're off. They're off in a heartbeat. I don't, so, I don't uh, get but, that. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing experience. And, um, yeah, certainly um, a highlight of, uh, you know, of any kid's career when they kick a, a goal with their first kick. So, yeah, we were, needless to say, we went out and had a few drinks and celebrated that night. Absolutely. Uh, I think we've, on Demon Land, we've been following Billy's career almost since birth. Um, I think yeah. the first thread started about him when he was about 13 or 14 <laughs> and, and looking extremely youthful. Um, can you just enlighten yeah. us a bit what it's like to be the parent of a player these days? It's obviously very different to uh, when you were running around, given the 24-hour media scrutiny, social yeah. media pressure... Um, it must be a real roller coaster of emotions for you, riding the highs and lows. Absolutely, it is. It's. Uh, I think I might have mentioned to you before. Uh, it's. Uh, if I had a choice, I'd. I'd, uh, I'd prefer to be a player and not to be a, a parent. You know, it's. Uh, um, it's. It's very difficult. Um, I think, uh, especially when you're. Um, you know, dealing with a player um, who's perhaps between that number 22 and 30 on the list, you know, he's in and out a little bit and um, he's not a regular every week. Um, you know, he's had a couple of injuries. The, the first couple of years were really, really enjoyable. Um, you know, I think under Ruzi, he played quite a lot of footy in the first couple of years and then things changed. Goody came and, um, you know, there's some new recruits and a different game plan and it's, uh, it is a real roller coaster. Um, I think if... You know, he's a regular player. Then, you know, we we would be able to go to the footy and enjoy it and sit down and relax and and you know have a have a social life as well. But um, you know, when when they're not playing on a regular basis, it's a, it's a real roller coaster. And I think um, for us as parents, you know, all we can really do is is support the kids. Um, I'm probably more like a sounding board for for Bill if he's got any issues. Um, then I'm there to, to help him or answer any questions. I'm certainly not in his face and talking to him every day about what he should and what he shouldn't be doing. You know, that's not my responsibility. So I can only, um, you know, um, encourage him and advise him what I think if, if he asks any questions. You know, we get over to Melbourne uh, a fair bit. Um, but again, we're still very, very appreciative and uh, that he's been able to play as many games as he has and we just hope at this point that uh, that can continue because he uh, he loves the club he loves the people at the club he loves the coaches uh, and he loves that AFL environment you know he was uh, he was born to do it and um, I think uh, you know we would love to see that uh, continue uh, by, by all accounts he's uh, very professional in his 
preparation and leaves no stone unturned on that front. So, mm. yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. And I think, it, you know, it's uh, Simon Goodman said on, on a number of occasions, you know, he's certainly, you know, leading the way as, as far as his uh, attitude goes and, um, you know, he sets high standards, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I think he's... You know, very well regarded by the other players and that's that's what you want you know you not everyone's going to be able to play every game every week but if you're you're doing all the right things you know on and off the club uh, on and away from the club but uh hold you in good stead not just in the footy but in life in general and uh, i think he'll be able to sit back at the end of his career whether it's you know this year next year or or, or 10 years time and he'll be able to say that he's you know he's done everything he possibly can to get the best out of himself and i think that's the most important thing where do you feel Billy's best position is? Um, that's a hard question. Yeah. Um, I personally, when he was growing up and playing junior footy, I had a little bit to do with coaching him, and he's always been an inside midfield player. Um, and it wasn't until he actually went to Melbourne that he actually had to change his game um, to become a wingman because he was... He was never going to get an inside role uh, at Melbourne. So, um, you know, it took him a year or two to, to find his feet. He had to change his running patterns, had to work on his fitness a little bit. Um, so if, if you're asking me now what where do I think his best position is, I think he's just the natural um, inside midfield uh, distributor type player, if that's, if that's the right word. Um, he is a good wingman. He, uh, I think the wing is probably one of the hardest positions on the ground to play you know you're you're never idle you know you're up and down the whole time you've got accountability back and you've got to push forward and attack as well um so i think it's a tough position but if i if if i had to pick i would say you know certainly an inside mid um and i think there's probably a spot for him on a half back flank somewhere as well um again i think he's very very accountable and most of the time he uses the ball okay so um who knows? Anywhere at the moment, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you made reference to uh, injuries. He's been very unlucky. They've come um, as he's sort of hitting good form. How's he? That must be um, frustrating for him um, and for you. Um, how's he progressing with his current rehab? It's it's pretty good actually. Um, he had a, a, a rod inserted in his foot because he had a crack um, in his fifth metatarsal last year after the game up in um, against Fremantle up north. And um, so he had a, a rod put in that. Um, and that's just the, the rod, the end of the rod's just become a little bit irritable uh, in the last couple of months. Um, so there's no crack or any major issues there. It's just, a, I think they call it very low grade stress. So it's just a little bit painful. So um, they've reduced the load the last four or five weeks and he's, I think he's running about 10 or 11 Ks at training at the moment. So we're hoping that if not this week, certainly the week after he'll be, he'll be back. So uh, if he can uh, get back and, and, and play, you know, his last three or four games for Casey, well, um, you know, I think that's a little t in his box and, uh, you know, cause it is frustrating, especially in mid season um, when you're not playing uh, and there's other players going through it as well. Uh, but um, I think it's a little goal that he's got is to get himself back and um, and play those last few games. But his his injury itself is uh, is pretty good at the moment. Yeah, it's probably as as good as it's been in the last couple of months. So he's not far away. Fantastic. 
Fantastic to hear. Um, you're based in Adelaide these days. How often do you get to come over and uh, see Billy and watch the games live? Yeah, well, we, we try and get over there once a month. We we um, Both my wife and I work in, in real estate, so sometimes it's a little bit difficult. Um, we've been in it for about 20 years now, so we're a little bit selective on what we can and can't do. So, you know, if we plan uh, a little bit better you know we'd like to get over there once every three or four weeks um, which will enable us to see you know six seven eight games you know depending on what we're doing on weekends so we still have a, a good network of um, friends uh, and our both our kids live in Melbourne so we get over and see our daughter Charlotte uh, a fair bit as well so um, it's probably our second home I think at the state so uh, but we love Melbourne. We always have. We lived there for 17 years, and we we've still got a lot of great friends and family over there. So uh, um, we yeah try and get over there as much as we possibly can, um, time permitting. Uh, before I let you go, Stephen, uh, taking a specky or roosting one through for a goal on the run, what's your what's your preferred? Oh, specky any day, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I look at Jeremy Howe these days, and uh, to be honest, I don't know how he does it. He's amazing. At, um, yeah, I've always always loved taking a grab. I wish I'd have taken a few more, but uh, uh, if I had an option, there's nothing like uh, getting on top of someone's shoulders and um, and that ball just falling in your hands. It's a, it's a terrific feeling. Well, uh, <laughs> well Given st- our accuracy woes in front of goal, we probably need you kicking the goals rather than taking the marks at the moment. We can do yeah, that. yeah, what's... This? What's going on? What do you guys think? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. People are starting to get angry, though, uh, about constant misses from 20, 20 out, or, you know, very slight angle. So It's very difficult, isn't it? I guess it's one of those things that's, I don't think there's, unless you're involved in the inner sanctum, it's really hard. You know, it's, uh, there's obviously something's not right there. Um, I don't think it's any, any one area that they need to work on. Obviously, goal kicking would help, but it, um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they've got the, the balance right. They seem to have it right from time to time, and then then things uh, things don't go to plan. So um, you know they've got all those surgeries they had pre-season, which probably play a little bit of a part in it. I think there were 15 players that had surgeries from memory. Yeah. Um, that can't be good. Um, you know, and your your, your top five or six players. You know, some of those players have been out of form. It's uh, it's just sort of snowballed a little bit, but. Um, you know, I think the list is good. I think the list is okay. You know, obviously they'll make some changes at the end of the year, but um, we've just got to have faith that the Simon Goodwin and uh, you know the coaches have know what they're doing, and I'm sure they do. And uh, <laughs> hopefully we can uh, get a couple of a couple of wins on the board in the next few weeks, and um, you know, paint uh, paint a good picture for next year. Yeah, but Stephen, I want to want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us tonight. Uh, it was a pleasure watching you play, taking Speckies right in front of us in the red seats, uh, dashing thank you. dashing down the wing at the G and thumping through goals on the run from fifty. Uh, you were a big part of the team that brought the D's back in finals contention, and we're all following your son Billy on his journey, and hopefully um, he can get back on the park and help the current D's in their hunt for September action in the future. Th- thank you very much, uh, Stephen. No. No worries, Annie. Thanks for having me and thanks for all the support. We really appreciate it. Pleasure. Good luck, thanks. guys. Thank you. That was um, that was Stephen Stretch. Uh, thank you to Stephen once again for, for uh, joining uh, Grapeviney and I. Grapeviney, what do you think of, uh, of that interview? Great. I thought it was superb. Uh, look, all, all our um, 
interviews are good, not our interviews, the interviewees. uh, interviewees. Um, But it was great to get the insight um, from a parent's point of view. And, uh, yeah, look, as he said, it must be really hard, um, particularly, um, you know, Billy's not automatic 22. As he said, he's probably around the fringes. Uh, has had a, um, a rough trot with injuries over the most of the journey. So, um, yeah, it'd be hard to sort of ride that uh, emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it would be. It's, uh, it is great to get uh, that parent's perspective. And um, it was interesting that he said that Billy was uh, very close to returning. I, I noticed the injury list, which we'll go over later, still says that he's two to three weeks away, uh, which was the same as last week. And mm. That injury list was did appear to be updated today. I haven't seen any the missing report this week. Um, I'm not sure if it's out yet, but uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on yeah. that. <laughs> but look, he's been really unlucky because he would have, you know, um, with all the other injuries we've had this year, um, absolutely we've needed him. So unfortunately, he's missing what would be time in the firsts um, out again. Unfortunately, yeah, there's no doubt. Given given the the well, we've got a little lack of players at the moment, he'd definitely be in the team at the moment if uh, if he was fit. Um, and it is true that he's been in good form. Um, most of his injuries have come at a time when he's just been sort of starting to show a bit. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed that he gets a good run out. Yeah, agreed. Um, if you would, if you're listening uh, to this show live and um, and you'd like to. Uh, like to join the conversation, give us a call 0390 That's 0390163666. We'd love to hear from you guys as we talk about the Demons game in just a moment. You can also Skype us uh, at Demonland31 if you're listening to the show uh, live, but uh, you don't want to call in, head over to uh, demonland.com slash podcast and you can join us in the chat room and you can ask the questions. We'll uh, read comments on the air as well. Um, uh, Graviney, once again, let me just start out by saying that uh, we are our very own worst enemy. Um, this was a game which was there to be won, um, and unfortunately, um, we weren't uh, able to do that. Uh, as Whispering Jack uh, made note of in his match report this week, uh, we followed the 2019 red and blue pr- red and blueprint uh, to the letter. Uh, our inability to convert goals when going forward once again. Uh, first quarter was uh, it's told the story, one goal five to five goal one. Each one of our shots for goal were, were clearly gettable. There was, no, there was nothing difficult about those, uh, those kicks. Uh, we have a propensity to leak goals to opponents uh, who are then able to score uh, with accuracy. and uh, Very quickly and accurately, which we can't seem yep. to do. But a lot of the time there's just insufficient uh, pressure applied to them and there's just they can get goals easily. Um, the in-game injuries uh, that killed our rotations. We had, I think, at one stage three players off um, in that third quarter, so that really killed that rotation. Lack of rotations just caused us in the end to, to run out of gas and, again, as, as happened in the first game against the Eagles, they just ran over the top of us in the end. Yeah, look, it was always going to be a tough proposition just with the forward line being what it is at the moment, makeshift. So I went in thinking again. Um, I had a feeling we'd actually make a good go of it, but I did wonder where we're going to get a kick a winning score from. 
Um, but look, I think you just yeah you summed up the whole game in thirty seconds. There. Okay, um, <laughs> good night. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah. Look, the fact is they did. They were kicking them from everywhere in the first. Um, Kennedy, I think, got one around the corner from the boundary. Lewis missed his too. Viney, um, Petty, um, of course, and then uh, some missed shots in the last quarter too. So, uh, what can you say when players are missing from? You know, 20, 25 out on a slight angle. Jordan Lewis, two shots in a row to get it right, at least for the second. And uh, it's inexcusable. And what, what killed me the most was uh, BT, who who usually I, I think is the biggest <laughs> moron, um, actually summed it up. He kept saying, kick it to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. Yeah. We kept kicking it to the right, to the right, to right. Viney, as you mentioned, Lewis times two, Petty times two, Gorn, uh, Fritch. Uh, you kick six or seven of those gimmies, um, and they were gimmies for AFL footballers, uh, and we win easily despite the injuries, despite any bad umpiring. Um, I think we win the game with those goals. And that's not to say the opposition don't miss some ones they kick, but again, as you said, I think they seem to kick the, the hard ones as well. And the easy ones, they just put straight through the middle. I'd love to know our cumulative... Um, sort of score for the year in terms of goals and behinds because it's been uh, absolutely out of whack all season. Whereas I think, um, yeah, in the previous few years, we've actually been pretty accurate in front of goal. Um, A lot of those goals out the back we were getting last year and um, also getting the ball sort of front and square and having shots from straight in front, which we were taking last year. Um, we seem to miss them with incredible regularity this year. You can almost sort of bank on it. So, um, I mean, I sit there. I don't don't uh, don't mark any down as certainties Never. these days. <laughs> I just can't trust any of them. I mean, we we won we won the disposal count, uh, contested possession, hitouts, clearances, tackles, shots on goal. Um, uh, and, you know, we lost. The free kick count, of course, uh, the battle for accuracy in front of goal. Um, uh, speak, speaking of those free kicks, uh, first quarter was a debacle. Nine goals to one, uh, nine frees to one in favour of the Eagles. And admittedly, many were there. Uh, I won't say we lost the game because of the umpiring, but some of the decisions or non-decisions are just baffling. Yeah, I thought it was more a case of us not getting one or two that we probably should have got, but most of the decisions were there, unfortunately. We were clumsy and crude a bit um, early on, and, uh, yeah, I think it was more of an anomaly, that 9-0, rather than um, a series of sort of horrific decisions. Uh, There were some absolute howlers, of course, over the day, but, um, yeah, I I don't think... uh, I don't think that was sort of a main factor. No, it wasn't. Uh, one of the things, uh, and it evened up basically. It did. Um, or got got close to even anyway. It did. Um, it, 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 the, the, where you talk about the the ones we don't get. Uh, this happened when we played the Eagles last time. It just seemed that they were allowed to dispose of the ball anyway, um, but we, we weren't. And that Max Gorn decision was just uh, baffling for me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I must. We're, we're scratching our heads um, every week with the umpires, aren't we? We are. We are. I mean, look, from a Melbourne's perspective, obviously, we're a little bit. We see the game through one eye, um, but the other games that I do watch, and I admit I don't watch as many as I used to, particularly this year, because I'm just a bit uh, disheartened by our results to to see any other teams uh, playing well. But the ones that I do watch, there's some bad umpiring across the board. 
Yep. I must say that I was wrapped with our fight back from 30 points down. I, I will admit that I thought we were well on our way to an 80-point-plus hiding, uh, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. So the fact that we were able to to fight back and get back into the game is is a positive, uh, uh, yep. you know, uh, Look, obviously, it's disappointing that we could have uh, have you know put the game even further out of further out of their reach, uh, not let them come back. But um, if we kicked it accurately earlier, but um, to fight back from thirty points down uh, to get in front uh, is good signs. It was um, some of our best footy, and uh, I think Stephen Stretch had it right in his interview um, when he sort of said there are times where. It's, we look like we've got the balance and the tempo exactly right and it's back to normal. And then it just goes out of whack again. And, um, yeah, I think that happened again on the weekend and it's been happening all year. Yeah, well, There are sort of flashes of um, but that's all <laughs> uh, it's semblances of, of normality. There's only been glimpses all year. We have not put four quarters together. We've barely put three quarters together, you know. It's glimpses here or there or a quarter here or there or maybe two two quarters in a row, but we just can't seem to put it to four quarters. And, yeah, <laughs> that's the story of the year. Um, I've been saying, Bailey Fritch, I've been saying this all year and I was saying it last year, I think Bailey Fritch is a forward he must stay forward, particularly, you know, T-Mac and Weed are out and even Milksham. Uh, but when they do return later in the year, if they, well, obviously T-Mac's not, but Weed will and maybe Milksham, maybe not, he has to stay up forward. He's proved he can take a mark and he can kick a goal. Um, keep him forward for you. For you. Uh, yeah, but I think people are ignoring the fact that a large part of the reason he's been back is because half our back line was out for most of the year, so... Um, I know people have been he played as a back um, last year. Yeah, yeah, but um, didn't I thought his initial move up there was to was because someone got injured. Was it Hibbard? Well, maybe because yeah, last Hibbard, year, Hibbard uh, I, had the yeah. quad last year. Lever was out. Um, Le- yeah, that's right. Uh, it might have been Lever that he went back after the Lever game. So um, yeah, a large part of the reason he's been back there has been out of necessity. But look. Everybody's been saying for a long time, get him forward, and uh, uh, we saw him back to his his uh, his best again, um, which was good. Our fourth quarter fitness uh, is it, is it an indictment on the fitness staff? Uh, is it a result of the in game injuries? You know, we had Viney May and Petty off uh, for chunks of the game, um, and you know they were only able to rotate one off the bench. Uh, we just simply can't run out games. Um, I think it was Lucifer's hero uh, on Dean Land in the in the post game thread who mentioned uh, that we had nine players who played more than eighty eight percent of game time and West Coast only had three. Mm. Um, well, as as you said before, there was a stage in the third where um, uh, who was off? It was um, uh, May, Viney, May, and Petty. Uh, Viney and, and Petty. Petty had rolled yeah. his ankle. Yeah, and that was for probably a good 20 minutes or 15, 20 minutes of the quarter. So that was a spanner in the works. Um, and Viney didn't return, obviously. So, yeah. Look, I think um, we all know Misson's going at the end of the year. There's going to be a new fitness boss in. And uh, Misson's done his time and uh, we'll get somebody new in. Uh, the, the yeah, I think that to the cheers of, uh, of at least 
half to three quarters of people on Demon Land, uh, I think. Um, none of whom, yeah, none of whom know sport or sports science as much mm. as Misson does, I must no. say. And look, fair enough to criticise him, but people are generally commenting from a, a position of no knowledge um, at all. Yes, um, the the move of Brayshaw on uh, Yo, I thought uh, was was a good move. Uh, both only ended up with fifteen or sixteen possessions each, um, uh, but I think it was Brayshaw that negated Yo's effectiveness. Uh, you know, yep. and we know Yo can be extremely damaging. He was damaging in the possessions he did get, um, so I thought that was a good move for getting Brayshaw back uh, in the middle. Yeah, good to see him back in the middle. And as you say, didn't get a lot of the footy, but. Um... Uh, keeping Yo quiet is important. So, yeah, uh, what, good, good start. What did you think of the decision to play uh, Lewis up forward? Um, he effectively, he was on McGovern. Uh, obviously, had he kicked a couple of those easy misses, would be singing his praises even more. Um, but there was a thread on Demon. There's been a thread on Demon Land for a long time saying Lewis is cooked. Never play him again. But a new thread popped up this week saying uh, Lewis is not cooked. Um, give him an extra year. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you sit on that, uh... well, that idea came up. I think about halfway through the first quarter in the match day thread. Yes. So as usual, Demon Land is quick to jump on things. I noticed in the match day thread, by the way, someone calling for Clayton Oliver to be dropped. So you've always <laughs> got to take what you read in there with a grain of salt. Yes, people. Um, no, it's a no, no, no for me to Lewis. Um, uh, you know, one good game does not an extra season make. And uh, look, he was good on the weekend. Could have been better if he'd kicked the goals that he should have kicked. And was lucky to get um, to get that one call back because uh, uh, the one that hit the post um, <clears throat> in the second was uh, um, yeah it was a miss kick, not a result of any bump that came up, that uh, that came during the kick. So um, it's a no for mine. He's uh, he's finished. I think he knows he is, uh, and I wouldn't be changing plans based on uh, the weekend's performance. Not even as a as a makeshift shift forward. Uh... <laughs> uh, no, no, not unless we're not planning on having any other forwards coming back. And no, All right. no, 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 no. 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 All I, right. I, yeah, I didn't uh, even read the thread to be honest. I had a feeling you wouldn't, so uh, <laughs> we'll leave that one there. And um, uh, why? What are your thoughts? No, no, I, th- I think I made it clear last week that yep. um, I think uh, he's done at the end of the year. Um, but I'm happy for his service. I think the, he's he's been, uh, you know, some of the the. Well, I won't say the leadership because he's at times d- displayed uh, <laughs> some <laughs> unleadership like qualities. But I think. Early on, particularly uh, sort of teaching some of the kids there, being sort of that on-field sort of coach has helped us. But I think uh, I think it's time, it's to, time to move yeah. on. Um, I don't know whether he'll stick around uh, as a coach. I don't know what he's um, what he wants to do, whether it's media or coaching. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think happy to to for him to move move on. Yep. Um, uh, 
Is Petty worth continuing up forward? We sang his praises last week. Uh, this week he only had two marks, seven disposals, missed two very gettable goals that would have netted him three for the day, but he didn't really uh, sort of trouble the stat sheet. Um, no. Obviously, look, I, yep, sorry. Just without, uh, we're not sure what's happening with Wiedemann. He's still listed as a test. I haven't heard anything from the club saying he's going to be back this this week. Uh, obviously, T Mac's not in. So, if if Wiedemann's not back, he has to stay um, up forward. But um, what you know didn't light light the uh, light the world on fire this week with his contributions. No, and I sounded a note of caution at all the enthusiasm last week, even though he did play a good game. But, yeah, it was just, again, it was just one game. So, you know, his first game up forward, there's some promising signs. But, yeah, you, you know, need to see a, a body of work. Um, look, he's probably going to stay there, uh, as you say, because we need him and um, absolutely push on. Uh, talking about other experiments, is the Proust experiment over? <laughs> I, I was very bullish about Proust. You heard it many times on here. Um, I've said many times on these very podcasts that I couldn't understand why the footy department weren't giving him a go. Uh, but when he, when Prusy dropped that absolute sitter with no pressure in front of goal, I felt like Goodwin personally screamed out, Aha! <laughs> Stick that in your pipe and smoke at Demonland, uh, just directly, directly to me. Um, you were you're not the Lone Ranger. Um, most of Demonland, the board wanted uh, wanted Bruce in for most of the year. So, um, what was worse though was it the drop mark or was it the the tackle that wasn't um, in the first quarter? Um, well, for, uh, you got to. Look, we we got a goal straight away, goals, yeah. but, but yeah. still, Look, that, both, you can't drop that. It was, it was funny because people have been saying all oh, year, well, you know, at the very least he can throw his weight around and kick some heads, and yet he had a chance to lay a good tackle and, and let, I can't remember, it might have been McGovern go. Um, but, yeah, not a good game on the weekend, and it's, uh, again, probably keeps his spot because we need him up forward, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd still like them to persist He's with him. He's still a work in progress. He is. I'd still like them to persist. Look, the year's done. It's cooked for us. I'd still like them to persist with him in the runs for the remainder of the year. I'm not sure whether they will because I think it depends on Weed. If Wiedemann is back this week, I reckon he's gone. Um, I'd like to see them persist. <laughs> you know, please, just maybe out of my own stubbornness, uh, you know, um, and I would understand completely if he gets relegated back to the twos to work on his ruck craft. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, that uh, that was awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really was. And I really want him to succeed. I really, really do. Um, uh, Jeddah and Lever were better for the run. Lever had a couple of nightmare kicks at one point, but I was very happy with some of his intercept marking. He, he'll, you know, he'll play the rest of yeah. the year, just find himself, and then hopefully he can hit the ground running and Jetta too for, for next year. Yeah, and the whole back line, let's get him having a, a good chunk of games here up at the end of the season and, uh, yeah, be ready to rock and roll for round one next year. Uh, Cohesive and yeah. gel together and, yeah. Uh, Steve May is an absolute beast. He's exactly what we needed when coming up against teams like West Coast who have monster forwards. 
Uh, that's why we got him in into the team, and I'm happy. I think that decision's been vindicated, um, and I love Stephen May. Not a yeah, game to I'm say liking it. May, Frost, and uh, Lever. Yep, it's it's going to work well. It seems. Yeah, Frosty didn't have a great great game uh, this week. Um, I think Darling usually well, has the Darling's better of him. In, Darling's having a good year. Yeah, so and, uh, and, yeah, one game, you're right. yep. one game doesn't you don't throw him out of the team for that. So um, yeah, our skills uh, let us down uh, once again. Uh, two efforts in particular cost us cost, um, cost us with goals resulting from missed kicks into the corridor. One by Wagner, one by Fritch. Um, we had players on, you know, we could have scored from them and, you know, it's not really a two-goal turnaround, but uh, those, those harsh, mistakes, yeah. Harsh to single out those two. You look, they were sort of at, um, yeah, they're the ones that, that stand out. That's why I brought um, them up. <laughs> Fritch particularly is forgivable, though, because I think, yeah, that's fatigue. Yeah. And you miss that by a few yards and, and bang, it's, it's all over. Um, but look, I thought, uh, I actually thought both Wagners yeah. did all right. Yeah, I was going to mention um, that next. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, both both played reasonably good games. I thought. Yeah, I see a lot of criticism online, not just on Dean Lambert on social media of the Wagners. Um, I thought they they played their depth player roles well. We, we've talked a lot about that. We've had to have a lot of depth players playing all at once, and that doesn't certainly help. But Josh had uh, twenty one possessions. I thought he played well. A- Cross half back, despite the error <laughs> I mentioned earlier, and Corey kicked two goals. So they've they've played their um, they've played their depth player roles well. Um, I'm not sure yep. either are in my best twenty two, but they're there because of necessity. And I thought they did all right this week. Yeah, I actually think they've both gone all right over the time that they've been in the ones. I know um, Josh has been in and out um, for a, a few years now, but. Um, as you say, he's, he's, I reckon he goes all right when he's in. And uh, Corey, for mine, has actually shown a bit um, in the few games that he's played this year. So, um, yep, a pass mark from me. Absolutely. Uh, it'd be remiss of us if we didn't mention how good Clary was. 34 possessions, six tackles, a goal on, on an angle that uh, he threaded straight through with a drop punt. None of this kicking around the body nonsense. Uh, he's just one of those players that will kick a drop punt and straight through the middle from a very tight angle. Sorry, I just cut out then. Uh, I said, uh, how good was Clary? 34 possessions, six tackles, a goal. Uh, the, the angle was fantastic. He didn't kick it around his body. Uh, just put it straight through, straight through the middle with a drop punt. Yeah, beautiful kick. And I saw, I think he's got, um, uh, he's now um, uh, got um, 20 yep. plus contested possessions in more games than every other Melbourne player combined. So he's had, um, uh, he's had 13 games uh, with 20 plus with contested 20 plus. possessions. Yep. All other Melbourne players combined have, only amassed 12 games. so uh, yeah, That goes back to 1999, by the way, so pretty good numbers. Yeah. Um, He's an absolute yeah. beast. Did you, did you say someone was calling for him to be dropped? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was fairly early on in the game, but still inexcusable to say that. I won't mention the poster's name, but 
Well, um, maybe we should start naming and sh- shaming. <laughs> Although there may be, if we do that, people might dr- dr- uh, drag up audio that, that I've said uh, here. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. About proof. More, more than our fair share. <laughs> All right, uh, but no naming. also the game day thread. Um, lots of stuff gets said in there and um, we probably all have said stuff that we'd take back. So it's the frustration of following, um, well, of just watching football, not just of following the Ds. Um, I want players deported sometimes when they make mistakes, uh, but you calm down and you move on. But, yeah, uh, Clary had a good game. Yeah, lucky there's no thought police. Otherwise, I'd be dra- dragged <laughs> off uh, with some of the thoughts I don't always put onto paper or onto the screen, text onto a screen. So, um, yeah, look, the game day threads are, are always very, uh, you know, emotional, particularly if we're not playing well. And, um, yeah, sort of that's why we sort of let things sort of go during the game day threads and rain it all well, in yeah, afterwards. Yeah, I must admit I don't go in there. Only if I'm watching on the couch or something. Oh, well, that, I visit uh, like I did on the weekend. Uh, that's the only time I, I uh, peruse the game day threads or, or even post myself is when I'm sitting on the couch like uh, this week. I, I can't sit out the footy and sit on my phone. Uh, and yep. so I just don't, can't do that. Um Anything in particular from the game uh, you want brought up? Um, I'm done with my notes on, on the game. I have named every player, but... Uh, no, I think that can't. covers it pretty well. Um, it was nice to see uh, Liam Jarrah. I uh, saw a couple of highlights that they just showed on TV. I didn't watch. The The game was live, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. I, I, yep. didn't watch, I didn't watch that, but I saw some highlights. But it was nice to see... Liam Jarrah, who looks like he's been in quite a good paddock uh, <laughs> up there, but it was great to see him kick a goal, <laughs> nice snap, and uh, I mean, what could have been with with him? Um, it's amazing the uh, feeling that he um, that he sort of generates among the supporters and the members, isn't it? It's for someone who played so few games, and yet everybody talks about him in these sort of mythical. Um, you know, mythical uh, tones. And really the only player, um, the only comparable player is Alan Jakovic, someone who also played so few games but left such a huge impression. Um, So, yeah, look, absolute star quality. We all remember particularly how exquisite his disposal and timing and grace was and we're crying out for it at the moment. So, um, yeah. Uh, good to see him back playing footy. I think a couple of, uh, I think one of his brothers yeah, was yeah. playing for the opposition. Uh, yep. um, so I don't know if there's any opportunity there to get another Jarrah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as you say, what could have been? Yeah, I think he, I don't know the exact stats, but I think it was 30 games and 80 plus goals or something, something ridiculous like that. Um, could be completely wrong, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it was just remarkable. The marks, there's a highlights video uh, floating around on YouTube, so do yourself a favour and go watch it and uh, relive uh, that magic time of uh, 2011 or whatever it was. Yeah, I think one of the best, one of my favourite highlights in a short career that was f- full of them, there's a, a, a pass into forward 50 from about half forward where a Melbourne player is surrounded on all sides by about six uh, St Kilda defenders. And, the, and the, the kick has to be absolutely pinpoint precise, perfect. And it just drops in between all of them right onto the chest of the Melbourne player. And, uh, yeah, and you, you look at the um, 
you look at the current crop um, who can't hit the side of a barn, um, it makes you very nostalgic for the Lee and Jarrah days. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, I'm going to play some audio, a uh, couple of minutes of audio. So sit back and uh, have a listen uh, to this. Have a little bit of an ad. Beer for me is that there is this belief at Melbourne that it is all of a sudden going to magically just all change next season, Rusey, and it's just going to all happen. And if they don't learn from what has happened this year, then all of a sudden we're going to be here next year in exactly the same position. Yeah, I think that's why the next five weeks are so critical. It's what you want to see. I love Brayshaw going back in the midfield, even if it's a tagging role on Elliot Yo. I think if I'm a Melbourne fan, I'm looking at next year, which clearly you are. I want to see some consistency in the last five weeks. I want to see a really solid defence. I don't want to see this reckless ball movement. I think they've, they've really started to control that, which is great. But it's, it's the five weeks for me leading into the pre-season. What's our brand? What's our game style? For me, it's, it's now no longer about whether we win or lose because there's some really good signs on the weekend but just a real consistent game style. Players in... Like Bailey Fritz started mid. He's been back. He's been forward. Where's he going to play? Let's play him in a position. Let's make sure he gives himself a chance. Is he there forward? Now, that's fine. That's what I'm looking for if I'm a Melbourne supporter. We'll let him off the hook too easily this year, Gaz. We'll let him off the hook too yeah. It's been unbelievable. Fourth yeah. to 17th on the ladder. You've got to get it off the, got to get it off the chest, Gaz. What, <laughs> what, what's, no, your, no. what's your opinion, though, that's of not, what's really gone well, wrong? Well, well, well I, I know that's going to appease the Melbourne supporters. I know that's the pos- good positive slant. And, and the rational would look at it. I've thought about it long and hard, and the only conclusion I'd come to is that last year is an aberration. And that, That's the outrider. It, 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 that last year was an aberration, and they're nowhere near as good as what the results would indicate last year. But they and, were building to last year, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, but what, when you look at where they've been and, and, and the footy club as a whole, this is an outlier, Brownie. I mean, this is fifth on the ladder last year... They're back where they have been, comf- not comfortable being, but where they've been for 12 years. So you have to look at the one year in isolation as an outlier, an yeah. aberration. It's not, it's not the norm for this uh, So we, we all fell in. All the optimism of last year, I fell in. We all fell in. We fell in at the halfway mark of the year, Jared, like you just said. I think the buyers come at the right time. They're going to rattle home. It hasn't happened. Mm. Right now, they're 17th on the ladder. They're below Carlton. They beat Gold Coast by a point and Carlton by five points. It was an aberration. I want to know how it can be an aberration, though, when you've got Gorn, Oliver, Viney, Brayshaw. Who else have you got? I've missed some midfielders there. Nathan Jones. That is an all-star midfield. That rates up there with the elite midfields in the competition who have been out there for most of the year. Max Gorn at all-Australian pace again. How can a midfield like that, their engine room, Still put out a performance like they have this year. So all, all of their scoring issues are at the bottom end of the competition. Like, the last in the competition. The they're going inside 50. Midfield contributes to that, though. Well, that's right. And you just said that, the, you know, the, the, you've just rolled them off. Brayshaw and mm. Gorn. And so the great midfield can't retain, help retain the footy once they go inside 50. I, I hate saying year. it. I hate saying it because we've all had this great optimism. But if we keep saying it's going to turn, it's going to turn, it's going to turn, we, we might be denying ourselves the reality, and that is they're not that good. Coming into the season... Well, they should we be a lot better, as Brownie said. And you add Lever and you add May. If, may if yeah. the Demons aren't in the eight next year, then there's going to be some serious pressure on Simon Goodwin and the, and the people at the, uh, on the board and, the, commu- and the, uh, the people running the club. This has been a disastrous 12 months. Agree. A great viney.
disastrous 12 months. Uh, well, we, it's nothing new to us. Uh, is Gary just angry like most of us on Demon Land? Uh, uh, does he have a point? Do you think, um, uh, do you think it was uh, an aberration? No. And we've discussed this before that, you know, we, we sort of said we'll see next year whether 2018 was the aberration or this year was. Um, and we don't know at this stage. And I thought Gary was has really jumped the gun a bit on that. And I don't understand, and I've seen this on Demon Land too, why people are using the 2007 to 2019 timeframe. I mean, why not go back to 2003 or 1994? Like, do you know what? Yes, we've been mm-hmm. out of the finals for, um, uh, you know, since uh, since 2006, but... What's it got to do with the whole Bailey era? Surely we're judging the ruse slash Goodwin period. So it's 2014 onwards. <clears throat> so Gary's saying, you know, it's it's one year in 12. I don't accept that. It was, uh, sure, it's one year in the five, but um, in the six. But, uh, you know, we've had five years of... of, uh, of linear growth as has been noted and this year we've uh, fallen off the cliff we'll know sometime next year if you know all things being equal um exactly where we're at we'll have a better idea where we're at anyway and yeah there's going to be a lot of pressure on goodwin if in 12 months time we're sitting 14th on the ladder or 12th on the ladder even how how long do you think they're going to give you say 12 months time do you do you think uh uh, panic well, <laughs> was set in earlier. I know we're jumping the gun. Uh, there's a lot of time to go, a lot of things to happen yeah. in between now and then. Um, Look, it depends who else is either flying or falling next year. You know, there's always stories yeah. that way. Um, so we don't know who, but I know people on Demon Land are saying they'll give him until round 10 or round 12 next year. Well, fat chance of that happening. Those people will be baying for blood um, in... Uh, in JLT1 (laughs) if we are trailing at quarter time. I was tempted actually to open up already the game day thread (laughs) for that match just so we could sort of start the the campaigning to get rid of Goody. But, um, yeah, look, you know. But forget uh, whether it's the the label of aberration. Um, I think what he's saying is we're just not good. Uh, forget whether the, uh, the, the something happened last year and it was a fluke. Yeah, I, I just don't know that I accept that. The fact is, if um, if we'd had our kicking boots on in you know three or four games, um, we'd be three or four games better off than than we are at the moment. We've literally kicked ourselves out of a few games. Now, power kicking's bad football, yeah. so it's not an excuse, but. Um, yeah, as has been said by some of the karma heads on Demon Land, nothing is ever as good as it seems and nothing is ever as bad as it seems. So, you know, yes, we finished fourth last year, but there were still significant holes, um, either in the plan or the group or both. Um, and some of those holes still remain. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think we are the 17th best team in the competition. I, I think we're... Uh, I think we're better than that, and I'm expecting us to bounce back uh, to a great extent next year. We'll see just how, just how much um, when 2020 rolls around. 
Yeah, look, I think injuries really have uh, cost us this year. All year we've we've had a significant part of our team out or not available, so that it's got to you know add up to something. And then you know the 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 interrupted preseason we spoke about a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, well, let's let's wait and see. Um, not ready to throw out um, throw the I mean, the, the baby out with the bathwater. And saying that maybe he'll be gone by the end of the season. That's just nonsense talk. And I don't understand why Damien Hardwick and others get six, you know, Alan Richardson, how many years did he have at St Kilda without making finals? I don't know why other coaches get, um, you know, multiple years to prove themselves. And people are like, well, Goody's had, you know, what is it, 50 games now or something? Um, and that that's it. I mean, it, we made a preliminary final last year, and we just missed the um, we just missed the eight the year before. So hold your horses. Um, yeah, people are um, people are near hysterical um, at it, and I, I don't think we're at hysterical stage. And I'm glad the club isn't uh, isn't behaving hysterically. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, well, not yet. Anyway, let's uh, let's watch this space. Uh... And we'll see what happens uh, uh, next year. Uh, I don't think I need, need I was just had this down as in the notes. Uh, Dermy calling us uh, downhill skiers. <laughs> no. Look, um, some players need to run harder. There are various times in the game, and it's not always in the last quarter where I see our mids jogging, and I wonder why. But, uh, yeah, I don't think downhill skiing is our issue. Um, and if it is... We've crashed into the tree at the bottom of the mountain and, yeah, I don't think it'll be an issue going forward. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't watch... Uh, I didn't see any of the Casey game. I had a look at the stats. There's nothing there to, to excite me <laughs> in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, anything. Uh, noticed Tim Smith was back, uh, had a goal and uh, 14 disposals, two marks. Don't know whether that uh, makes him an automatic in. It might, given uh, we don't know what's happening with Wiedemann and maybe he's in for Bruce uh, this week. That's a possibility. Uh, certainly there's nothing else on that stat sheet that I'm looking at now that um, instills me with any confidence of anyone coming in. Uh, you know, we, we've been screaming out for a small... Uh, exciting small forward, and I look at the two guys who we've got on the list who are exciting sports in that category, uh, Bedford and Chandler, and both of them have had two kicks. <laughs> um, one's had seven handballs, one's had one handball, it's nine, nine disposal and three disposals. So um, I think we've got to go hard and try to uh, lure over um, or draft a, uh, an exciting small forward. Yep, no doubt. Uh, notice that. Absolutely need a crummer. Well, uh, Big time. Last week in the changes, we were talking about Jake and any Harris. He, he just cannot get a game. Uh, I noticed he's had 20 disposals, uh, kicked a goal. If he didn't get a game last week, I can't see them giving him a game this week. So. <laughs> Sat, he made an interesting post where he said maybe he's signed to go to Carlton and he's just seeing out the year in Casey. And it seemed to be too specific to be a hypothetical. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so I don't know whether there was sort of substance to that and it was just a hint, but... Um, yeah. All right, I'll swap him for Crips. Done. Where do we sign? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Bin Man saying uh, that John Ralph, um, John Ralph says that Ed Langdon might be coming to the D's. Well, we've heard that. That's been the that's, that's been the rumor. We've been front runners for him um, forever uh, for, for quite yeah. a while. So um, yeah, bring him over. I just uh, I don't want to give up. I don't want to be bent over a barrel about it. Um, but blinking. yeah, let's let's uh, let's don't yeah, blink. don't, not blinking. Uh, but yeah. Let's get him. Let's get him to the club. Well, well, look, it's probably for us. It's going to be an interesting off season. We'll, we'll feature heavily, I would say, in the trade period. Uh, it'll be exciting for us. <laughs> but you know, featuring heavily in sort of or in list changes is neither here nor there. Um, I can't find the stats from last year, but um, there were stats. Uh, there were stats from the end of two thousand and seventeen where. Um, uh, Carlton made the most list changes with 13 and they obviously finished last last year or down the bottom mm. and West Coast made the second most with 12 and they won the premiership so it's not necessarily an indicator of where you're at the number of changes you make uh, what are we seeing in the chat room has said uh, rumors going around that we're chasing pattern um, Makes perfect sense. We 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 like uh, injury prone players at our so club. When was so the last time he played, I don't know. But bring is him he in. Still, is he even playing anymore? <laughs> I don't think I've heard his name. No, nah, no. Nah, I think we need to be chasing Cameron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Um, all right. Uh, any uh, injury list? It's uh, depressing. Nothing's changed from last week. I, I don't know if these are. The the update says that it's the twenty third, uh, which is today, um, but nothing changed in terms of they changed Maybe the updated date. Just sort of given up on the whole season. <laughs> they changed the updated date because this morning when I uh, did the uh, notes, it was last week. But the only thing that was added was Jack Viney uh, added as a concussion, but with a TBC. So I'm not sure whether that this is compiled by the AFL as a guess um, or whether it's supplied by the club, which I doubt. Um, but no one's no one's time periods, including like Billy Stretch and uh, Jake Milksham, Marty Hoare are still at their one to two or two to three weeks. Um, and everyone else is still the same, either the, TB, the old TBCs or seasons. And Sam Wiedemann's still a test, so... Yeah. Uh, interestingly, last week, I don't think the players did community visits as part of the Alice game, which they've done in the past. I'm pretty so, sure Jeffy Garlett went up with the team and oh, might have done something. I, but I, th- I heard the team flew up Saturday morning. Yeah, that's what that's what I, I was I was under the understanding that that's what happened. Um, so I don't know why. I do know this. Um the CEO and a number of board members did camp out in St. Teresa um, as part of the trip. So that was interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what, what St. Teresa is. That a... uh, it's just one of the communities yep. um, uh, in that neck of the woods. Um, but, yeah, we've got links with a few of the communities around there. Um so yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> changes. Uh, well, it depends. Uh, Viney, he's got concussion. Yeah. Is that a, that could be an automatic one week out? 
Um, yep. Then, then I guess it's just whether Wiedemann's back, uh, whether Tim Smith comes in, whether Proust goes out. Um, yeah. Is is it an automatic one week if you sit out the game, or that yeah. some people say it should be? Well, I'm thinking more. I don't think there's a. I don't. Well, I don't, I don't no, I think some so. people have called for that to be the case. Mm. That if you sit out the game, you sit out next week. Uh, but yeah, look, we'll wait to see on Viney. Does Tim Smith get a run? Because we need forwards, and he generally goes all right, apart from the fact that he'll then get injured and be out probably again. Considering our forward line at the moment is just made up. Is a makeshift forward line. You got Jordan Lewis in there. You got Bruce in there. You got Petty, who's a backman. Fritch has been playing back, and they're all playing forward. If there's a forward that is ready, a ready-made forward ready to go, and isn't injured, then I think he probably does come in this week. Um, now, I, you've just reminded me of something from the game, and this does relate to forwards. Um, what did you think of Petraka not having a shot? Ah. I was going to mention and that. What did you think of Hunt also not having a shot in the final quarter? I, I look, I don't like it because it, it's, I've been saying it for a number of weeks. Players are too scared to to have shots now. Uh, Petraka was on a very tight angle, and so was um, so was uh, Oliver when he had his kick. Now Oliver just went back and and kicked it. Petraka didn't, and I think. That's soft. He should have did. Yeah, centering it to, to you know, well, to he a did. contest Look, basically. If if he centered it to a guy who was by himself, yes, fine. But he centered it to a fifty-fifty contest. Ridiculous. Go back and have a kick. He he'd be doing those at training and and you know, getting it three yeah. maybe three Look, out of five times. And that shows you the confidence thing. Yeah. You know, here's a kid who has said he wants to be in the AFL Hall of Fame, mm. who's too scared to take a shot and goal from yeah. 40. Yeah. Fair income. No, and I didn't like, I didn't, to answer your question, I hated it. I didn't yeah. like that one one little bit. Uh, you got to have, go back and, you know, you want to be a champion yeah. and emulate some of your NBA heroes who would, who wouldn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the, wouldn't not take the three, three point shot. Uh, I guess yeah. that's maybe an equivalent. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and look, Hunt is a bit more forgivable because it was in play, so yeah. he was under pressure, whereas Track had time to think about yeah. his silly decision. But, um, yeah, too often our players are making the wrong call on that, and it's happened all year. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the chat room, uh, Ethan Tremblay. I haven't seen you there uh, for a while. Uh, he's saying to throw Hoare into the forward line uh, when he comes back from injury. Um We'll try anyone. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Let's uh, let's try anything. Um, all right, uh, Great Viney, anything else uh, before we wrap things up? Uh, no, no, that's it for me, I think. All right, well, I'll... Um, uh, fingers crossed that we get a win at some point. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Well, look, uh, I think uh, we didn't, I didn't play that part of the clip on uh, the On the Couch segment, but they did mention about next week that if we don't beat uh, St Kilda, um, it's not a good thing. And I think we, we do need to beat uh, a team like the Saints. Now, they've had their they've had their win after the coach change, so uh, lucky for us we're not getting them off a... Um, off fresh. A co- uh, fresh off a coach change, but uh, teams that have uh, sacked the coaches this year have been playing uh, very well. So perhaps that's why uh, Dean Milland is so bullish on getting um, 
seeing the back of Goodwin maybe to get that uh, bump of a few weeks wins, but uh, that's not the case. We know because there've been this thread's been going on for a, a while. Yep. All right. Uh, well, Grey Viney, thank you. Um, thank you for for joining me once again. I know you're off for the next couple of weeks, uh, work related uh, way. So um, in the next two weeks. Um, we see the return of Super Mercado back to the airways. He's going to join me uh, to discuss, uh, well, a win or a loss uh, against the Saints. Have a good, have a good few weeks, uh, Grapevine, and come back uh, refreshed, uh, ready for our non-finals appearances. <laughs> Go days. <laughs> Go days.